Hello, and welcome to Device Week. I'm editor Reed Miller, and with me today is our San Diego-based editor, Marion Webb, and our London-based reporter, Barnaby Pickering. So I will start with Marion. Marion, you recently wrote about the big news coming from Johnson & Johnson. Uh, what can you tell us about that? Yes, so Johnson & Johnson, which of course is a giant healthcare company, recently made headlines when it announced that it would split into two companies, separating its consumer health business from its pharmaceutical and medical device businesses. That, of course, is huge news, but two analysts who cover J&J wrote in their report that spinning off the consumer business makes sense. So Wells Fargo analyst Larry Beagleson, for one, wrote, and I quote, given that there is not much synergy between the consumer business and the other segments, this initiative makes sense to us, end quote. And SVB Learing research analyst Danielle Entalfi echoed this view, saying that the new J&J company, which uh, still needs to be formed, remains a highly diversified pharma and medtech company, as she put it. What else do they say about the rationale behind this split? Yes. So in a call with investors last Friday, Joaquin Duato, who is the current vice chairman of J&J's executive committee, but will take over as CEO of J&J in January, told investors that the pharmaceutical and medtech segments are united by their shared and complementary focus on scientific research and development and that the leaner new J&J will operate in a similar regulatory and competitive environment and will be able to leverage data science and incorporate digital technologies into their products. All right, so this uh, digital transformation is definitely visible across the board for all medtechs. Uh, what else do they say about that? That's right, and J&J is no exception. So Duado said he expects to, quote, accelerate its momentum across orthopedics, interventional solutions, surgery and vision with an increased cadence of meaningful innovation enabled by a strong pipeline, including robotics, complemented by external innovation and a focus on excellence across all geographies, end quote. Okay, so when is that going to happen, the split? So the company anticipates that um, the separation will be completed in the next 18 to 24 months. Okay, uh, that's certainly very big news um, for all sides of that business. Thanks for that, Marian. Uh, I know this week you're also working on a startup spotlight article on California startup Cala Health, which developed a wearable to treat essential tremor. So we look forward to learning about that company as well. Uh, I'll move over to Barnaby. Now, Barnaby, you published a story about genomics this week, in particular, its use as a diagnostic tool and especially for rare diseases. So what else can you tell us about that article? So the crux of the story is that current diagnostics can't always be used to diagnose rare disease. To diagnose something with standard techniques, such as molecular diagnostics, you need to know what you're looking for. Whether it's a hormone, metabolite, or in the case of liquid biopsy, circulating tumor DNA, there is always a well-defined target. Rare disease is really different in that these targets don't exist. Children are born, present with sometimes serious symptoms, and then their cases are rebuffed with a diagnosis of a non-specific developmental disorder. Congenica, a UK-based company that is developing a powerful, scalable platform for the analysis of genomic material, is hoping to change this. They have been working with the UK's National Health Service in one of the largest studies of human genome sequencing, the 100,000 Genome Project. 
Okay, uh, well, that's very interesting. So what is that project all about? So the CEO of Congenica, David Atkins, explained that the 100,000 genome project is being ran in the hopes that by studying 100,000 human genomes, as indicated by the project's name, new rare diseases and genetic interactions associated with rare disease can be identified. Preliminary results are really positive. 25% of patients diagnosed with rare disease as a result of the study could access immediate clinical help, changing their lives for the better. Moreover, three new diseases and 19 different genetic interactions were discovered. And these results have an immediate human impact. Atkins brought up the case study of a woman in her 20s who was suffering from debilitating psoriasis. When her genome was analysed, Researchers at Congenica found that her body wasn't producing a certain amino acid that is vital for skin health. Despite the severity of her symptoms, the remedy was really simple. Dietary supplements to replace the missing amino acids reduced her psoriasis to the point where she could re-enter the workforce and resume a normal life. As a consequence of these positive results, the NHS is throwing further weight behind Congenica. The project is being continued with a target of 500,000 genomes. Researchers hope that this five times increase in studied genomes has an exponential increase in the number of rare disease genome interactions discovered. Well, that's great for people with rare diseases. So what does it mean for other people with less rare diseases? These developments have impacts far beyond the patients of rare disease. Roughly one in 17 newborns have a rare disease, something Atkins explained leads to a huge burden on healthcare systems. What he described as the diagnostic odyssey is a period of time, often stretching many years, where children do not receive diagnosis for their disease. This is exhausting not only for the patient, but parents, families, schools and hospitals. Moreover, Atkins said that when diagnosing rare disease, it's like looking for a needle in a haystack. Just one error in someone's genetic code can cause problems. As Congenica improves its ability to spot these needles, these errors, Atkins explained more and more cross-application to general medicine would arise. He described a future where patients will be given medications tailored to their body's response, personalized medicine, inferred from their genetic code. Cancer, Parkinson's and other degenerative diseases could be predicted earlier and parents could easily make informed decisions about the safety of having children. With the cost of sequencing a human genome plummeting to almost below $100 versus the hundreds of millions that it used to cost, the cost savings and therefore value to a health service are huge. Well, thank you so much for that, Barnaby. That is a very useful look into this idea of personalized medicine, which we've been hearing about for a while, but now actually seems to be happening. So you can read a lot about these topics and a whole lot more right now at medtakeinsight.com. Uh, right now, we also have a few pieces covering how the FDA is preparing for the tradition out of the pandemic and planning to deal with all of the EUAs that cleared during the pandemic. We also have a lot of European regulatory news, of course, and once again, we have another cardiovascular catch-up, which includes a lot of the uh, news from the TCT conference, some new TAVR data, and some new renal denervation data worth taking a look at. The archive of Device Week and the rest of Informa Pharma Intelligence's podcasts are available on the Informa Pharma Intelligence channel on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, TuneIn, Spotify Podcasts, and you can also get them via smart speakers if one of these platforms has been set up as your default podcast provider. You can follow us at Twitter at MedTech underscore Insight. I'm at MedTech Read with two E's. Marion is at MedTech Marion, M-A-R-I-O-N, and Barnaby is MedTech Barney. 
Thanks and have a good week.